compose yourself, Charlie, for I feel your moves, your grooves. They're beating inside your chest. Quest. Compose yourself, Charlie, for I feel your moves, your grooves. They're beating inside your chest. Welcome to Composer Quest. I'm Charlie McCarran. I'm a composer in Minneapolis. And I started this podcast to share some insights on how other composers and songwriters work. You can hear every episode at ComposerQuest.com. This episode, we get to hear from Paul Spring, an English teacher and talented singer-songwriter. Paul's lyrics range from serious to silly, and we get to hear four new ones live in the Composer Quest studio. I wrote a song about how horrible St. Cloud traffic is. I still like to just write songs that just have these really specific jokes where everything's in the word play. There's a division going down the soul in a part of town where the river don't flow Cause the light's gonna stop you Paul also shares some wisdom from his adventures as a songwriter. I kind of got a little lost for a while because I got caught up in all of the hype. It just made me realize what's most important and what's most important to me now are these personal interactions I get to have with people. Whether it's a conversation that turns into a song, a story that turns into a song, or family bond that turns into a song. One story Paul felt he needed to interpret through a song is the tragic school shooting that happened in Newport, Connecticut. I was really struggling with why did this happen? It's really hard to write a song about something so horrible. It almost shouldn't be done. But I thought it was a way for me to talk to people and try and figure it out. I heard the poet and the poet did say there's a cowboy in a new town and he's darkened this day. This talk with Paul is really the most moving one I've had on the show. So I just want to say a special thanks to Paul for sharing his personal stories and his music with us. Well, I'm here with Paul Spring, an excellent songwriter, singer, guitarist, and Paul and I just warmed up with a game of Mario Kart. That mm. was fun. Koopa Troopa Beach. Yeah. Paul even knows some tricks that I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, Paul, you've been teaching English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, I started in October, took a part-time position down in Rochester, teaching ninth and 10th grade English. It's been a lot of fun. We've been reading a lot of novels just finished up Romeo and Juliet. I learned so much from the students. Like to see how they're interacting with these texts and how they connect with them and how different it is from how I connect with them. It really affects the way I think about words, the way I think about stories and context, and it has a huge effect on the songs I'm writing. Seeing what's happening to childhood literacy in America is pretty frightening. It's just less and less when Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to go play Mario Kart and jump around on Koopa Troopa Beat. <laughs> You're not going to want to read Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing against video games, but there are just so many things entertainment-wise that kids have to do that take them away from the really imaginative act of reading a book. I think that's something kids really need, especially in Minnesota where it's, you know, winter eight months out of the year. Kids should be either playing outside in the snow, but if it's below zero, engaging with the book and expanding their imagination. Yeah. So for me, like writing songs about Sherlock Holmes, Peter Pan, Don Quixote, mermaids, 
kind of these fantastical literary figures and characters. I mean, I don't want to be wishbone, but any way that I can make books appealing to kids and fun Mm -hmm. or funny and just giving them another window to approach reading by seemed like a really meaningful path to take. Mm -hmm. Did you study English in college? I studied English. I'm from a family of English teachers. Both my parents are professors and six of my brothers and sisters teach English. Wow. It's in the blood. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. We like words and stories. What are some of the projects you've been working on lately? I recorded a family album with Joe Malander, Justin Lansing of Okie Dokie Brothers. It was a lot of fun. We did it out in New York with Dean Jones, who produced their Can You Can You record. Um, and recorded a lot of these songs that I had written when I was younger, you know, 14, 15, and newer songs that I've written now, too. About books I like, my family, growing up on the Mississippi River. I'm really excited for it to come out. Cool. See how people react. That's interesting. You took your songs from when you were 14, mm-hmm. and they still hold up today, huh? Yeah. Well, 14, 15, writing songs about Peter Pan, or later on in high school when I was with Mr. Dylan and Cooper, writing songs about Don Quixote and Sherlock Holmes and Watson. <laughs> one was skinny, one was chubby, but they were the best of buddies, Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Sherlock Holmes and Watson, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, they were detectives. It's great that I have this connection with Justin and Joe, who are becoming giants of Mm -hmm. (laughs) the kids' music world and Mm -hmm. really make quality music and are just great people. And getting to work with them and create this album was a blast. They were detectives. What made you initially want to try doing music for kids? Um, well, a lot of it was kind of talking with Joe and Justin and Jedediah Anderson and seeing how they do it and seeing how f- much fun and how fulfilling it is for them, coupled with my own personal experience of playing for my nieces and playing for other little kids and just how much fun it is <laughs> to mm-hmm. you know play a silly song and make a kid laugh or dance. Mm-hmm. Is there a song from one of your recent projects that you'd want to play for us? Yeah, since we were just talking about that, kids music project i'd love to play one of those sure this is one i wrote joe maylander helped me out with this one and it's about my family's big red van that my dad bought from an airport because we needed a big 15 passenger van and we'd go on these huge road trips all my brothers and sisters and i out to glacier national park myrtle beach south carolina out to visit family on the east coast and this thing was just rusting on the edges in the very back seat there was a hole in the floor where you could look down and see the highway <laughs> that's like oh no one wants to sit in that seat like we weren't allowed to sit in the la- that seat because it kept rusting and rusting further away <laughs> um the back door once fell off the back and my dad went and bought a couple rolls of duct tape and duct tape on the back door of the van and we drove it all the way home that way just like the character of this van it's like legendary in my family, the Springmobile. And so I wanted to write a song about that. So this is second track on that kid's album I have coming out. Mufflers broken, engines smoking, brakes are squealing. 
ties are peeling I watch the road fly by through the hole in the floor Who could ask for more? Cause we'll be going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Sloppy jalopy and we're sitting in the back Mom and Dad are self-proclaimed Engineers, they say Paint that rust and Kick those gears, but Is duct tape really supposed to hold on the door? Who could ask for more? Cause we'll be going up and down Like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Sloppy jalopy and we're sitting in the back The Motor City ain't sitting too pretty and we took stock in the nitty-gritty, so Let's just coast while the gas prices soar Who could ask for more? Cause we'll be going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Going up and down like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ Sloppy jalopy and we're sitting in the back That's awesome. Thanks. Wow. I think that's something that I would want to listen to all the time. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Charlie. How do you decide which songs are on your in your children's genre versus yeah that's other kind of i tend to think of it more as like all ages family music instead of focusing on children's songs i mean obviously i want these songs to be appealing to children but i really like the idea of children listening to this album with their brothers and sisters with their parents and the interaction that then would go on of the kids saying what's the dad jones and the deck mom and then the mom has to explain that and just that interesting interaction that could happen from that song where it's a playful melody, playful lyrics. There are images that a kid will get, hole in the floor, car parts that they have like learned the name of and all these like particulars that they'll be able to pick up on. And then they have to interact with their mom or their dad. I mean, that's a hope of mine. And that's why I'm writing songs about my own family upbringing. What do you think about when you're writing lyrics how do you start a song my favorite way to start a song is with a joke (laughs) maybe a pun or a ridiculous phrase to catch people's ears and bring them in Uh, it's a cheap trick for sure but it's fun to like search for that phrase and search for that syntax and that rhythm and that melody that'll do something to someone's eardrums where they have to turn and look and say what did he just say yeah that brings them in you know Playing around with syntax, playing around with vocabulary, saying, oh, 
I've never heard this word used in a song before. I'm going to try and make this word fit into a song. It's a lot of fun. That's a lot of the joy that I take from songwriting. And I think for me, looking at types of music like hip hop and folk music, where lyrics are so much a part of the music, not just what the lyrics are saying, but how they are arranged with the accompaniment. They really blend into the music and are the soul of it. I like trying to get at that, trying Mm. to capture that. It's tough. I'm not really able to do it yet, but I'm working towards it. (laughs) Yeah. Have you played classical guitar for a while, or? Yeah, I kind of I kind of fell out from it uh, when I went to college because I was just focused on English lit. But recently, I've gotten back into it. Dylan McFarlane played for us a couple months ago and just blew us all away. <laughs> he makes the guitar sing. And that just made me think I need to get back into playing classical guitar because having to focus on only your instrument and the sound that your instrument makes is such a good exercise. And it just makes you want to get better and better and better. My good friend Glenn, I got him a classical guitar for Christmas and he's been learning Moonlight Sonata. He mostly just played chords before, but he's memorizing the whole piece and learning it note by note and just seeing the joy that comes from that. I mean, you ever play written music? classical music mm-hmm. or scored songs mm-hmm. there's a freedom to that that isn't in writing that's just so nice to kind of live within a song for a while i would like to get into actually doing notation i got a program on my computer and i've started i have a long ways to go i'm pretty horrible at knowing rhythms knowing eighth notes, sixteenth notes how am i going to write this out where do i put the tie where do i put the dot to add that little extra half beat like, I really need to go back and learn the basics. i got a lot of work to do. Because <laughs> I've been focusing so much on lyrics and making jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's cool you're doing that, because I feel like the trend is the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Now that we can record any idea we have, why well, notate it out? Yeah, but and that's, there's something lost there. When you see really skilled musicians and when you see what they can do, it's so inspiring. It's going to be so hard to learn this. But this would be so much fun to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and... Because you do some composition yourself, right? Written composition? Yeah. That's actually kind of what I've been working on with this project is I've kind of set aside the written notation for years because mm-hmm. it was just like, well, I can record this song and make it sound exactly like I want it. But yeah. I kind of actually got into writing some kids' music oh, cool. this fall. It's fun writing actually notated music for kids. Yeah. And that would be a good way. In a choir class. Yeah, that's a great. I'm, I'm gonna do that. You should. <laughs> it's that'd be a, that'd be a great project for you. Yeah. Speaking though of pop musicians going to classical notation, did you get a chance to see the Beck? Oh, song yeah, and that's book? a cool idea because he just came out with a book of notation. Yeah. Have have um, recordings been coming out yet of people's interpretations of it? Yeah, and I've been purposely avoiding them because I want to just read through the music and just come up with my own interpretation, I guess, before yeah. I hear it's anything else. It's kind of a else. country album, right? Um, I don't know. I think it's I think like it's a bunch of different styles. Yeah, it depends who's playing it, I guess. Yeah. That's real musicianship right there, being able to write a song for performance by someone else mm-hmm. and have it come across as a work of art i feel like my compositions are like (laughs) so simple hey but the so far from that but 
it's something to work towards and it's always yeah. nice to have something to work towards well i do like the simplicity in your songs though oh thanks it's in in i mean they're they're very deep actually a lot of them but just with this simple message sometimes yeah. is even more powerful the first track on your self-titled album it's only what like a few lines repeated yeah that's from a wallace stevens poem i really like i just took the first line and added my own line wallace stevens was a 20th century modern poet he's studying in a lot of english grad schools that's kind of their bread and butter it's like if you can write a good thesis or dissertation on wallace stevens here cream of the crop because uh, he has very abstract strange poetry it's tough stuff to wade through but he has some lines to me that just strike home like that idea of a mind of winter you know one must have a mind of winter to regard the pine crusted snow on the boughs of the juniper trees as he's going through the winter landscape and looking at the snow on the branches of the trees he hears a wind that's blowing through those trees this bare brutal wind and reflecting on the hollow sound of it and the harsh sound of it he says it's the same bare wind that echoes in the same place for the listener it's an extremely powerful poem. It's called The Snowman. Kind of a funny title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had, he had a good sense of humor. One must have a extremely powerful poem and sometimes I feel like maybe I oversimplified it because by the end of the poem it reaches a pretty depressing thought because the listener who's looking at the pine trees and hearing that wind basically comes to a conclusion of well this is nothingness and my life is nothingness oh so not exactly the way you wanted to start your album yeah right um (laughs) I didn't include that line so I'm sure he wouldn't be very happy about it (laughs) you ruined my poem I take a lot of lines from the literature I'm reading and copy and paste, and they may be turning over in their graves, but it's a fun yeah. exercise for me. Your self-titled album, mm-hmm. is it self-titled for any particular reason? Like, does this, Do is this the so? definition? <laughs> uh, well, it seems really like you came to some deep personal understandings with this, these songs. Yeah. Would you want to talk a little bit about where you drew your inspiration from with this yeah sure um making that album was a lot of fun and going through the songs and the lyrics and i think i probably thought too deeply into it which i tend to do with things but i do think there is an arrangement to the album where it is very personal and it talks about some very personal things from my life and it kind of shows a progression from at least i thought immaturity to maturity uh, as the album moves And there's kind of the whole spring theme. The first track is winter. The last track is summer. Spring in between. Kind of a cheesy little (laughs) little frame. But uh, yeah, I guess it's just about a a personal growth that I went through. Yeah. I think I maybe told you this, but your song Harmony has made me cry on multiple occasions, I think. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for paying that much attention to it. Yeah. Well, did you feel like talking about that song at all? or? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I wrote it a month after my dad passed away. 
I was about 18. And a month after he passed away, I went on a trip out to Yosemite, California, with one of my best friends and visited my sister and um, just spent some time in that national park and on the ocean, which reminded me so much of my dad and uh, the way he raised my whole family, you know, on these trips to national parks, just trying to give us as much as he could, like the best experiences. His favorite quote is from uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. And my dad's favorite quote, which was kind of his motto for parenting, <laughs> was that one sacred memory preserved since childhood is perhaps the best education of all. And so everything he did with us was trying to create these sacred memories for us to build our lives off of. I walked into the dark A deep cold black Afraid of things I could not see And though I was scared and felt so alone I could hear the harmony I could hear the harmony Going to Yosemite after he died, I just felt him there. And that song, that song came out in a couple minutes. Um, that was, um, it's hard, I don't know, it's hard to talk about it. It felt so good to write and it feels so good to sing. Mm. Yeah, the song means a lot. And then the song afterwards, Thin Veil, is one that I wrote for my mom a couple years after my father's death. Uh, because she talked about this pretty powerful, it's hard to, <laughs> um, this thin veil that she can feel, where she can still feel someone's presence after they've left this earth, uh, from the strong memories and from uh, the presence that they left on the earth with us. And that song's all about that. And it's an amazing feeling. It's really beautiful. Well, I can't explain why it comes and then it goes like a summer rain or an autumn snow. Well, it's really a beautiful end to your album, too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's cool to see the progression of the whole album too like thinking of it as a whole i don't know that people think that way about albums so much mm -hmm. anymore yeah i think it's coming back i think people are trying to create holes you know more yeah. holistic albums that have a progression that have a order that tell a story i think that's so cool <laughs> yeah well how have you been thinking about your new projects that you're going to be kind of I've been writing a lot of uh, folk tunes for an album that I'd like to make. 
Uh, but then I also have written some fun kind of pop, funk, hip-hop type tunes. I got a lot of songs, now I just need to pick which ones to record. I remember when you were over here, oh, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, you were going out to just focus on music for a while, and what did you learn from that experience? Um, a lot. <laughs> I kind of got a little lost for a while because I got caught up in all of the hype playing in these crowded bars where everyone's talking to each other and nobody listens to the music but they care about the name of the person on the poster it just made me realize what's most important and what's most important to me now are these personal interactions I get to have with people whether it's a conversation that turns into a song a story that turns into a song or family bond that turns into a song like that's what I love about music yeah it's uh too bad that it seems like sometimes the music business talk and the hype and all that kind of cheapens what music is really about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but all of it's kind of necessary, too, you know? It's all so intertwined. Yeah. But yeah, the I mean, if the funnest moments of playing music are usually in a living room with a group of friends yeah. making up a song or singing a song everybody knows. Those are the moments I live for and love. Yeah, I feel like if I or you were to get really popular or something, I don't know how you'd feel, but it would almost be like you get to this point and you're like, well, w- the most fun was when I was yeah. on this journey. I don't want to leave where I am right now, to be <laughs> honest. I love it the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, maybe there's another song of one of your projects you could yeah. play for us. I got some of these folk songs I've been working on. I could play one of those. Yeah, that'd be great. So this one um, kind of was inspired by conversations I had with family members, my mom, my sister, co-workers at school, random people in restaurants about the events that took place in December in Newtown, Connecticut. And I was really affected by that massacre. And it's really hard to write a song about something so horrible. It almost shouldn't be done. At least that's the feeling I had towards it, but I thought maybe it's not about whether it should, but if it needs to be done. And so I read some news articles and watched some interviews and thought of a Yeats poem that I really like, Easter 1916, which is a kind of a topical song about the Irish Revolution and the bloody massacre that happened there. And um, I thought about the Iliad. And a scene from the Iliad that might apply to it. Uh, but yeah, I wrote this song, Cowboy in a New Town. Uh, also thinking about that Dylan song, Who Killed Davy Moore. Do you know that tune? Who Killed Davy Moore? And it goes through everyone's yeah, perspective. That's a great song. Great song. And I thought that's such a great way to approach an issue, is to give all these different perspectives and then kind of let the liminal space in between work itself out. darkened this day 
Like some ancient nymph-born warrior Fueled by anger and by pride Who strikes against the city walls So to hear his name inside The people watch his chariot Drag the corpse of their sweet prince He gathers immortality From their every shuddering flinch I heard the doctor And the doctor did say There's a cowboy in a new town And he's darkened this day Like some lunatic in exile Of his lonely dark abyss Who broods upon a furrowed face That's never loved nor missed He needs some balanced medicine To cool his weary chest To cool the hot blood in his veins Or numb his mind to rest I heard the lawman And the lawman did say There's a cowboy in a new town And he's darkened this day Like some twisted outlaw wrangler Who still holds a smoking gun Who carries a broken frontier dream Of how the West was won His mother's in the basement Surrounded by the arms The right to keep The right to bear Has borne her deadly harm I heard the parents And the parents did say There's a cowboy in a new town And he's darkened this day Now the headlines flash and strobe the echoes of his hollow name. The people sit and stare and give this murderer his fame. And we, we cannot bear to watch for anger and its burn. All changed, changed utterly. Our child will never return.
Well, gives me the chills. Well, it's, that must be tough to write about, but it seems like it's good that you tried to do it anyways, at least to put some words to those emotions. Yeah, I mean, it's just something I was really struggling with. Why did this happen? It's just so horrible and so confusing. It, it was a way for me to talk to people and try and figure it out. But the more you try and figure it out, the more frustrating it becomes. So it was, it was nice to finish it and <laughs> put yeah. it aside. Yeah. It's heavy, heavy to deal with. Yeah. How did you approach that, knowing that it was a hard subject to write about? Right? I mean, my like, biggest worry was those poor parents have been through enough they've had to watch this kid get immortality for what he did. And I think there's a general air around subjects like this where you don't talk about them because think about what the parents have already had to deal with with the deaths of their children. And it's like adding salt to the wound, which is, I think, why a lot of people don't write songs about these horrible massacres. But at the same time, every problem has a solution. There's got to be some way to stop these because they're just growing more and more numerous they're going more and more theatrical yeah well that line in there about don't know the exact words but something about like a misinterpretation of how the west was won oh a broken that, frontier dream of how the west was won yeah. yeah that's seems like a really poetic way to say that how these murderers are think that yeah i mean the whole glorified and yeah this cow yeah. this american cowboy mentality that the way to solve your problems is to shoot them up you know i love clint eastwood movies but the best parts about this country weren't facilitated by guns i mean obviously i don't know it's a confusing issue yeah because yeah. i'm going back and forth right now would we have won the revolutionary war without the Minutemen? Hmm. that's what another thing about writing songs like this for me it's like wow i probably don't have the amount of intelligence necessary to write these songs yeah, at the so. same time, it's just one perspective, your perspective. Yeah, because I'm, I'm giving other people's perspectives, but they're all through my... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Well, um, getting back to like some of your lighter songs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that you used to write a lot of songs about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Do you still uh, write songs about goofy stuff like that? Oh, yeah. It's fun for me to take a subject that already exists and then rework it. So I love to do that with Star Wars. You know, a song about Han Solo, a song about Luke Skywalker, a song about Lando Calrissian. I still like to just pick like funny particulars, funny little discrepancies that maybe only a few people know about. Probably not the best song to play at a show, <laughs> but so much fun to write songs that just have these really specific jokes where everything's in the wordplay. I wrote a song about how horrible St. Cloud traffic is inspired by a prompt from my friend Danny Vitale. I just noticed St. Cloud has the worst stretch of lights. It's like three miles of a light every block. And you're surrounded by shopping malls and like chain restaurants. So I make a reference to um, the Champs-Élysées, which is the main shopping district in Paris. And it used to be the road that's taken to the Arc de Triomphe that Napoleon built. So it was this very glorious street. And now it's, like, the head of the fashion district <laughs> for the whole world. And someone told me that uh, Division Street in St. Cloud is modeled off the Chandelier. <laughs> I'm like, where did you get that from? That is Ugh. the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. 
but it's so ridiculous that it's funny, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've said too much already, but yeah, here's this one. A beep boop bop beep bow. Why we're singing who dropped the ball on St. Cloud traffic? Who dropped the ball on St. Cloud traffic? Traffic, traffic, traffic. How do you come up with melodies? your songs for me mostly i have uh chord structure first but also i do a lot of walking since i live in rochester i don't know many people so i do a lot of walking at night and probably looks weird or sounds weird to passers-by but i'm often humming weird things to myself (laughs) that's how i come up with a lot of my melodies these days at least any um other tips you have for people who are just maybe starting out as songwriters or what How do you stay motivated to write songs and finish them? I guess for me, maybe it's just because from a family of teachers, but I like having little prompts that, like, get me going. Like Brian Laidlaw, who's a fantastic songwriter, he put a Facebook status up once that I just thought was genius, and I just built an entire song around it. Like, that's my prompt. I'm running with it. The status was, America's colors don't run. America's cars don't run. America's fat kids don't run. Would <laughs> <laughs> you want to play this? Type I'd love to diabetes. play it. Love to play it. Potato chip, 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 chip on my shoulder. And it grows into a bag as I get older. Yeah, I'll crinkle and I'll crumble As my legs begin to fumble Got a chip, 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 chip on my shoulder So please give me sugar Please be my sweetie Please give me love and type 2 diabetes I got a gut, gut, gut feed I'm gonna be on my back, staring at the ceiling Well, pretty little Debbie, she came to town She took my love, then she kicked me down I got a gut, 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 gut feeling And I'm singing, please give me sugar 
Please be my sweetie Please give me love and type 2 diabetes Well if you are what you eat I'm a president, you'll save her Put me on a podium made of sodium and artificial flavors And seven o'clock central you'll tune in to my state of the union Hear all the best words I have to say Cause America's colors don't run And America's cars don't run America's fat kids don't run anymore Cause we're singing please give me sugar Please be my sweetie Please give me love and type two Diabetes, a beat is, a beat is, a beat is, a beat is. Is that going to be on your children's album too? Oof. Should be. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, the nice thing about that is I include myself as a fat kid. <laughs> right? So I think I can say it because I am a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any lyrical tips for people? Read. A lot. I need to read a lot more myself. But there's just a wealth, <laughs> infinitely deep well of words, syntax, diction, tricks that you can just learn from and steal and rework. I mean, poetry, novels, short stories, blogs, hip-hop songs, comedians. There's so many different ways to say something. Well, thanks for being here, Paul. Thanks that, for having me. That was, was a really fun. good discussion. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We have one last challenge for you here, Paul. Ooh, the theme song, the huh? The theme song, yeah. I've heard on those previous podcasts, there's some awesome ones. Mitch Johnson's and... <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. Let's do it. It'd be fun How to do a funk tune together we... or something. Do you got any like percussion instruments around that you um, could play? I could... Let's see. Let's... Shaker, cowbell... Do you recognize this melody? No, you ever what is that the, from? The NBA on TNT. Compose yourself, Charlie Boy. Well, that wraps up this episode of Composer Quest. For more of Paul Spring's music, you can go to paulspringmusic.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Feel your moves, your groove. They're beat inside your chest. West.